Hallelujah. I've felt to stay not in the same, well, kind of in the same vein as Sunday night, but I know tonight, the last uh, Tuesday night of the month, everybody's in here. And um, I feel like I have a word from the Lord for our young people again. And I've been, I've just been very burdened and very um, just, well, burdened. The Lord wants to speak. The Lord wants to speak to us all. Don't misunderstand me. It, it does apply to everybody. But if you are 21 years old and under, God is going to speak to you tonight. And uh, praise God. The Lord's going to encourage us tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Genesis chapter 37. I'll read. This will be a few verses of scripture we'll read here tonight. And uh, then y'all can be seated and I'll stay standing. It's a pretty good deal. All right. Um, Genesis 37. It says, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph being 17 years old was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. He was a 17-year-old tattletale is what that means. So it's starting off on the wrong foot. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. When his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him, could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the, and the eleven stars. I think there's more than eleven stars in the sky, but in his dream... It was the 11 stars that made obeisance to him. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and my mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. And his brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem, and Israel said unto Joseph, 
Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They are departed hence, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say, Some evil beast have, hath devoured him. And we shall see what will become of his dreams. Praise God. I want to preach tonight for a few moments and I want all of our young people and children to listen up tonight. I want to preach from these four words out of verse number 19. Behold this dreamer cometh. Praise God. Would you lift your hands with me tonight? Lift your voice. Close your eyes, lift your voice to the Lord. Lord, give us ears to hear what you'd say to us tonight. I lose faith in this house tonight. I lose fresh revelation. Pray our eyes would be open tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, your word's gonna speak to us. We're gonna hear it. We're gonna receive it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, I take authority and dominion over the adversary that would want to steal the word of the Lord from the hearts of believers. In the name of Jesus, I command the adversary to stand still. In Jesus' name, I bind every hindrance of the mind, every stronghold of the mind tonight. Lord, we will receive the word of the Lord and we will be changed by the word of the Lord tonight. I lose faith in this house tonight in Jesus' name. Would you give the Lord a great hand clap of praise tonight? Hallelujah. Oh, come on, clap your hands like you love him right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. You may be seated tonight. The story of Joseph, most people in the room have heard this story tonight. There may be some that have not. Joseph is the favorite of his father's 12 children. He was 17 years old when he began to dream in his dreams certain things. He didn't understand the gravity of it, but he was a part of a wealthy family. Ten of his brothers, which were actually his half-brothers, didn't care for him too much because the Bible says that Joseph was the favorite of all of his brethren. 
And when a parent has a favorite, you may try to hide it. But if you have a favorite, it's going to show through. And it seems as though Jacob really wasn't shy about everybody knowing who the favorite was. The Bible says that he made him a coat of many colors. Actually, the translation of this is not like a rainbow coat, all right? It actually means a long coat. It was not necessarily referring to what we would naturally think of, but it was a very long, it was a garment that signified to whom all of the estate was going to pass to next. So every time his brothers looked at him, they saw the next patriarch of whom they're going to have to be subservient to. Now, without getting too much into the history of the story, Jacob married Leah and Rachel. He married Leah because he was tricked into it. He did not originally love her. He was not the one that he originally pursued after, but Laban, his father-in-law, tricks him into marrying Leah because she is the eldest, and the Bible says that she was tender-eyed, but Rachel was the beautiful one. Who he really wanted was Rachel, but he gets tricked into marrying Leah, and the only way he can marry Rachel is he's got to work seven more years to marry Rachel. Everybody in the family, you can't tell me that everybody in the family didn't know this story. All the brothers, that the ten brothers that were, that were born of Leah, they knew that their mom was not the originally intended wife. So there is there's animosity and no doubt resentment. At the very least, low-key under the surface all of their lives because they know the story of how it all came together. And so there's there's been this there's probably been this under uh, uh, this kind of boiling cauldron under the surface of tension between Joseph and Benjamin and the other ten brothers. But when Joseph is 17 years old, he starts having these dreams. And they're very clear and distinct dreams. In the dreams... There are certain objects. The first one is the 11 sheaves bow down to his sheaf. And then in the second dream, the 11 stars. It's funny how the numbers just happen to add up to the number of brothers that are in the family. The sun, moon, and the star, sun, uh, 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 the, 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 the 11 stars, uh, they all bow down to him. And, and after he tells the first dream, uh, the Bible says that, that Jacob regarded what he said in his heart. He regarded the saying. And then the second time, the second time, he kind of gets a little frustrated with him. He said, what are you saying? Are you saying we're all going to bow down to you? Is that what you're saying? What's up with you and your dreams? And while his father was somewhat frustrated with him, because probably him being already, the Bible says that he was basically a tattletale on his brother's, he would bring up an evil report from his brothers to his dad. 
he already knew that there was there was tension in the family between the siblings. And so, as any father probably would, trying to ease the tension, he gets on to him the second time. But Jacob knows that something is going on. He understands something. He sees the hand of God on his son. And because of his dreams, of, of naturally the dreams that he had, they, they lift him up and everybody else is bound. That's clearly, it is quite clear what this dream supposedly means to his brethren is that I'm the one that's getting bowed down to. These are, these are, quite, the, these are quite the dreams. And it, just, it probably sparked a little more animosity between him and his brothers and, and ramps up the tension just a little bit. But Jacob knew something was going on here. Didn't understand it fully, but he knew something was taking place. But it was when he was a teenager that God began to give him these dreams. When he was just a young man is when God began to speak to him. Even though he did not understand everything that was going to happen, God began to give him these dreams. And let me tell you, young people, that at your age now, God wants to give you dreams. He wants to give you dreams that are not self-serving dreams, but he wants to give you dreams of being used in his kingdom. He wants to give you dreams that the only way that they could happen is if God makes it happen. Those are the kind of dreams that God wants to give young people. He wants you to dream big in his kingdom. He wants to give you dreams of your future, not just of your life being everything. Not, not just I'm not just talking about the American dream, but I'm talking about God-given dreams. I'm talking about things that God is going to that God is going to give you in your heart, a dream for being used of God in the kingdom of God, not just trying to live from one year to the next and oh when I'm done with high school I don't know what I'm going to do then and 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 then we'll just see what happens but there are those of you here in the room that God would want to speak to and there you're probably already here that God has spoken to you and you have dreams and visions of what you want to do in the kingdom of God and you probably haven't even told anybody yet and that's okay at this point but God is wanting to speak to some young people and he wants you to receive the dreams that he has for you you and when God gives you a dream the reason or the way that you know that it is from God is you 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 have that dream or you have that vision or you have that desire in your heart and when you think about that God-given desire for being used in your life and in your future for God when you think about it you also think God this is impossible unless you make this happen that's how you know you have planned in to the plan and the purpose of God in your life is if you have a desire to be used by God to, uh, to use your gifting and your talent and your work ethic and your future for the kingdom of God but it is so big that unless God does a miracle it isn't going to happen but I'm going to tell you tonight that God will give you dreams for your future. They are dreams to be used by him to use your gifting and your ability and your talent for him and they are going
going to be so big that you're going to feel foolish even letting it come out of your mouth to your parents. You're going to feel foolish to even to even say it. Before you say it, you're going to say something like, I know this sounds silly, or I know this sounds stupid, or I know this sounds impossible. I don't care what it sounds like. God wants to give you a dream that's bigger than anything you could give yourself because he wants to perfect that dream in your life. He really does. He really has a future for you. A future that, that, that if, if it was left to yourself, you couldn't do it. He has, a, he has a future for you that only he can perfect and only he can bring it into fulfillment that only, only if God gets involved can it actually begin to happen. Behold, there's a dreamer coming. There's dreamers in this room tonight. And I know I'm talking to, and I know I feel direction for our young people here tonight. But the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. There's never an age that you get to where God will not speak to you for your future and what he wants to do for you. Everybody in this room is included in what God is saying here tonight. So don't anybody check out on me because God, God wants to speak to us tonight. He wants to get something deep in our spirit here tonight. Young people, you got to hear me. God believes in you more than you could ever believe in yourself by yourself. Hallelujah. You really are more than a conqueror through him that loved us. When you're, if you're going to do it on your own in this world, yes, there are successful people. There are, there are wealthy people. There are people that have gotten to the top of the food chain, but they've done it all by themselves. And if you're out there in the world and you're going to do anything, you're going to do it just like that. You're going to do it all by yourself. And it is just up to chance. It's up to luck. It's up to if it works out all right, it's, it's, there's so many factors that come into, into somebody being successful or making something of themselves in this life. It's all up to the, all of the factors that only they can produce in their flesh on their own and by themselves. But when you have his dreams and you have his direction and you have his desires, I'm talking about being something great in the kingdom of God. You don't have to produce it by yourself. Self. It's not up to your own talent and your own ability, but you give your dreams to God and say, God, my life is yours. My future is yours. I want to be great for you. I want to produce something for your kingdom. That's when God gets involved and he begins to put the pieces all together. God can begin to put it all together. Behold, this dreamer cometh. God wants to put something in your spirit that actually kind of makes you a little bit hesitant because it's so big and your heart can grasp a hold of it and it makes you a little bit nervous. 
Like, God, ooh, this is big. Ooh, I don't, I don't know if I want to get my hopes up because what if it doesn't happen? What, this is so big that I, I don't know if I can... I don't know if I can really uh, put, put all my eggs in one basket or put all my hopes in one place or just or put all, all of my whole life with, into one dream. I've got, surely God, I've got to have a backup plan. Surely God, I've got, to, I've got to have a plan B in my back pocket in case that doesn't work out. But let me tell you that, uh, uh, tonight that God is trying to speak to some young people right now because you know why at whatever age you are tonight, God takes you seriously. He really, really, really does. I can remember as a teenager trying to maybe trying to develop in certain areas or, or, or getting involved in whatever it is, whatever, whatever. And I just wanted older people to take me seriously in what I was doing. There's nothing more insulting than trying to do something seriously and then somebody that's older than you kind of chuckling and laughing at you. You know what I'm talking about? I remember standing in this pulpit here and preaching and watching people. I remember seeing one particular person just cock his head back and laugh at me while I, while I was preaching now it probably was funny I probably said something that was probably pretty funny but I'm just talking about I'm just talking about trying to do something and you're and you put your heart into it and you put your soul into it and you want to be taken seriously and you don't want to be laughed at only for somebody to like not take you seriously it's a very demeaning feeling but let me tell you tonight God takes you seriously he, he really, he really, really, God's not sitting up in heaven saying, oh, you just, you know, you're little, you'll, you'll get to it eventually. God, I'll take you serious in a few years. No, God takes you serious right now. Joseph was 17 years old when God began to give him dreams, when God began to speak to him about things that he didn't even have a clue just how, how big it really was. He had no clue how big the fulfillment of that dream was going to be, but God saw him and said, I've got a plan for him, and I'm going to use him but I've got to start talking to him now so my plan can be perfected later don't ever discount the man I feel the Holy Ghost so strong young people you better hear me tonight God you're going to get a hold if you'll grab a hold of this it'll change your life starting right now that God starts talking to you in your teenage years he starts talking to you when you're 10 and 11 and 12 because he's got a work for you to do he's got a job for you to do he has plans for you to do that take a little time to develop so he starts talking to you now because he takes your life seriously right now and Joseph not understanding and the full gravity of everything he starts telling his brothers his dream now he's already the favorite of the family he's already going to receive the, the, the inheritance from his father and he's going to be the boss He's going to be the boss. And on top of that, he already is the tattletale of his, uh, telling on his brothers. He's Mr. Reporter. So his brothers already don't like him. And, and they're already dreading the fact that he's the next guy up. But God still loved him. He was flawed. He was probably a little punk. But God saw something. He said, like, I'm going to have to work that out of him. 
I still love him. He's got some growing to do. He's got some developing to do. Don't think just because you've got developing to do that God's not going to use you. God will. It is. It never ceases to amaze me the people that God uses and what they used to be and what they are now. If they're willing to to do what God wants them to do and give their life to Jesus and just do what He wants them to do, God will put you through the process and help you and develop you and work things out of your life and develop you so that you can be used of God. Let's lift our hands for a moment and love the Lord together right now. Hallelujah. Lord, we want to be used by you in your kingdom. Lord, we want to be used by you in your kingdom. Hallelujah. 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 Dreams. Dreams. God dreams. Dreams that it, it will take a miracle for it to happen. Those are the kind of dreams that God wants you to dream. Because when they are the kind of dreams that will take a miracle to happen, and, and if they are dreams that, that come from God, the good news is, is he wants to do it. So if it's God's dream to begin with and not your dream, but you have received the You see, God can dream dreams that are better than any dream you can dream. And then he'll provide the miracle to make that dream come to pass. We are just the vessel that he utilizes in the process to, to, to a, a accomplish his work and accomplish what he wants to do and how he wants to use us. And God wants to, God wants to give us dreams knowing that we can't do it uh, by ourselves and knowing that it can't happen of anything that I can do. And then he wants to provide the way for that dream to begin to happen and, and make all the miracles come to place, come, in, uh, uh, come, come into fruition so that that dream ultimately comes to pass. I'm looking at some young people tonight that you, you want to dream. You really want to dream, but you've got these obstacles in your life and, and you've gotten hung up on these obstacles. Hear me tonight that God takes you seriously at the age that that you are right now. He wants to give you dreams that they may not happen tomorrow or next week or next year, but he wants to give you dreams that literally take a lifetime to come to pass. Dreams that really mean something and that really, really matter. Dreams that will make a difference, not just in your life, but in the lives of hundreds and thousands of people around you. Dreams that will, that will absolutely blow your mind as you you see God begin to fight on your behalf and begin to do things that you never thought he would do because you didn't realize just how much he really loves you and he wants to use you. He wants to include you in his kingdom. He wants you to be a part of his divine plan. Just a dream of a teenager. I remember when I was a kid, my parents, we, we went, I don't remember how old I was the first time we went, but every year, General Conference was in New Orleans, 1990. I would have been, I always get mixed up, six or seven. I'm always like, I'll be born in 84. Divide the four, carry the two. I don't know. Whatever. Nine, 19, fall of 1990. Uh, and I don't know if it was that year. I, I, that was when my, my, that wasn't that year, but my parents started taking me and my brother to UPC General Conference. And back in the day, I don't know, what was it, 20,000? 
18, 20,000 back in the day. It's not near that now, probably in the seven to 10 range now. But they used to have a general conference in arenas. And um, that first year that, that we went was in the Superdome in New Orleans. They put through a curtain in between and, and it was in the Superdome. Anyway, they would take us every year to general conference. And so we'd go and, and uh, I think it was in Detroit. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I looked up on the platform and no, I, I don't know if it was Detroit. I don't know. How, what, do you remember what year that was? Okay, it's probably about right then. I was about eight, nine, ten years old. And I looked up the platform and I'm like, man, I want to play the drums up there. And at the same time, I thought, there's no way. I look at this crowd of, I don't know, 15,000 people that were there in that service and I'm like, I'm like man, I want play there I started playing at that time the first time I played here in church I was seven it was uh, I'm sure it was really interesting um, but I, matter, matter of fact matter of fact it was when my parents had gone to general conference and left us with my grandparents we were staying and it was a Thursday night and I was sitting on the pew right there on the front there was no drummer here on Thursday night and I was I was ready I was ready you know my grandpa, music started, and he, he said, I want you to go up, and I want you to play the drums really softly. And I, and I think I thought it was Aaron's drum solo night. I mean, I could barely, I had to sit on the side of the, on the, side of the stool to reach the pedals. It was just a couple years after that, I'm like, I want to play, I want to play at General Conference. But how impossible is that? I'm looking at 15,000 people. There's churches from all over the world. How in the world? How in the world? Impossible, impossible. I just, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted, I knew it as, as a young kid. I knew I had a gift. It was, when I was probably about nine or 10 when it kind of dawned on me I could do something that not everybody could do as far as my peers were concerned. And I just kind of recognized, hey, I can play and it just comes easy to me. And so I had this dream. I want to play there. I don't want to play on a stage in the world. I want to play at conference. So years go by. I remember, I remember as a 12 and a 13-year-old thinking, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. And... Uh, I, you know, one of the things that I wanted to do as a teenager, I wanted to play the drums at camp. It was like, and I remember exactly where I was when I got the call to play the drums. Now it's called junior high camp. Back in the day, it was called teen camp. I was 16. Sister Cox called me. It was on a Sunday afternoon. We were getting ready. I think it was on a Sunday afternoon. We were getting ready to leave to drive down to Houston for my brother's wedding. And I don't know, it was probably six weeks in between when that I had to wait. And, you know, on the drive down to Houston to my brother's wedding, I'd love to say I was excited about going and being part of that, but all I could think about was playing the drums at camp because that's where I wanted, I didn't want to play anywhere else. That's where I wanted to play. I wanted to play in the house of God. 
I wanted to play in the church. And so that happened. Got a few opportunities to play as I was playing and, and uh, more and more developed. When I was, I went to college in California, Stockton Christian Life College. And, and uh, just so happened in 2004, General Conference was in Salt Lake City. Just turned out at the Delta Center. I don't know what it's called now, wherever the jazz play. So they're having conference. Just so happens in 04, it's going to be in Salt Lake City. Now, I'm a freshman, 03 to 04. Conference is in the fall of 04, so it was in the first semester of my sophomore year. But our, our college got asked to sing at General Conference for the foreign mission service. It's on one snag. I was the second stringer, and the first string drummer had played for Hezekiah Walker. When he was a teenager, his name's Tim Hibbert, from New York. And uh, I'm the second stringer, and he's, I mean, this guy is on a level of musical ability that was like, for those of you that know gospel music, you understand. As a teenager, he played and toured with Hezekiah Walker. And now, now the guy, I don't, I don't even know if he's saved now, but he's like a studio musician. He plays everything. He has such talent that he makes money doing it. But it just so happened that he dropped out of school. So guess who was up? And I remember stepping on that stage at General Conference and just kind of like in my brain thinking, remembering when I was a kid, like how in the world did I get here? I remember as a nine or 10 year old looking at 15,000 people in Joe Lewis Arena, I think it was Joe Lewis in Detroit, and like, man, there's no way. But when God is involved in your dreams, there's no way, I, 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 there's no way it should have happened. But God knows how to line things up. And then it turned out, I played that year, and then I got a call back the next year in 05 to play in Richmond, Virginia for another thing. And then, and then after that, I got to play uh, the drums at Youth Congress in Nashville, Tennessee, and, and I played the organ there on that uh, platform, too, that particular year for another group that was singing, and it's just like one thing led to another. And all of these dreams that I had as a kid that I thought were absolute, that really were absolutely impossible, I never owned a drum set growing up. I had a drum set in my house for three weeks until my dad found it. <laughs> then he's like, that's got to go. So how did a kid that never owned a drum set wind up playing in our largest meetings in our movement? It's because years ago, I remember standing up here in the choir as a kid. And wanting to play the drums so bad on Sunday. And I kid you not, as a 12 or 13 year old, it, it kind of upset me, kind of frustrated me because I felt like, man, I'm good enough to play. I'm good enough. But I remember distinctly saying to myself, I remember this distinctly standing right there. Aaron, keep a good attitude. God will work it out. 
and I did. I, it, it, it was definitely the Holy Ghost because there's, that, there's the Holy Ghost working in me that said, just keep a good, keep a good spirit. Don't get mad and bent out of shape about, bent out of shape about it. And so I got to do these things because I wanted to do it for God. I didn't want to do it for the world. I didn't want to play out there. That wasn't what. But God knows how to get involved and bring things together. See. And since the Lord showed that to me, now in the grand scheme of life, that's not the greatest thing that I could ever do. I'm thankful, I'm glad, it was great. But that just proved to me that whatever the dream is that you think is impossible, God has a way just of lining things up and bringing it all together. I don't care what your dream is. Give your talent to God. Commit it to him and watch him do things that will blow your mind. When you take your life and you put it into the hands of Jesus Christ, when you take your talent and your ability, your ability and your desire and say, God, it's going to live and die in your hands. Whatever you want to do with it, it's yours. I don't want to take it anywhere else. I don't have a desire for the world. I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to use my gift and talent for the world. I don't want to use my gifting and talent uh, uh, to sin with and to, and to promote myself. God, I want to be involved in your kingdom. I'm talking about dreams tonight that some of you are going to be used. You, you, may, not, you, may, you may look at talent or dreams as being being used on a platform somewhere. I know a guy named Steve Campbell. He lives in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Goes to Brother Sullivan's church. He's a pilot. He owns a couple of planes. He's 50-something years old. He's a, a, just a tremendous man. He's, he's flown Brother Shelton here and there when Brother Shelton needed to get from one place to another real quick to preach. Guess what? This man's got a plane and he loves just to further the gospel by flying somebody somewhere. Don't have to go through an airport. Don't have to, don't have to go through the whole ticketing process. He loves the ministry. He loves the kingdom. And so he's got a couple of airplanes. So you know what he does? Matter of fact, he flew my brother somewhere when he was on deputation. He had to get from one place to another. And Steve Campbell just said, hey, man, let's get in my plane and go. Flew him there, got past all of that, and God uses him to do that. There are some of you, God's going to use you in business or as, as entrepreneurs or, or you've got a dream to own a business. You've got a dream to do this profession or that profession. And when you give it to God and you say, God, my future is yours, this doesn't even make sense to me. I don't know how you could do this. But God, I want to do it to further your kingdom. God will give you a dream. And when you put your dreams in the hands of God, he has a way of lining things up and connecting the dots and putting you at the right place at the right time and connecting you with the right people just to accomplish his will through your dreams that God has given you. God dreams. God dreams. There are young people in this room right now. God has plans for you. He wants to use you right here in Springfield, Illinois. 
He wants to in a, in, a, in a state where people are fleeing the state because of taxes and, and all of the things that are going on right now. God has the ability to bless you and to promote you and to further his work in, this king, in his kingdom in this city. What God has proven to me is there's no amount of impossibility that I look, could look at and say, God, this is the dream, but I just can't see it happening. There's no, there is no way. There is absolutely, I, I, I'm by no means... Uh, the, the best, even close to the best, I necessarily should not have been able to be there at, 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 at the opportunities, opportunities that I have had because there are so many more people that are better and more qualified. But when you give your dreams to Jesus and say, God, my future is yours, I give it to you. Just, just wait. Just sit and wait and give your life to him and watch him bring your dreams into a reality. Because of that, I know that there's no dream that's too big for me because I know the impossibility. I know, I know that, that if God can do that, then the other dreams that God has given me, they are not impossible. He's just got to connect you to the right people at the right time in his timing. So Joseph, he has these dreams, and because of his dreams, his brothers hate him. His brothers hate him. And they, 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 they uh, come up with a plan. They're like, we're going we're gonna to get this dreamer. He comes to Dothan. He's going to, and they don't want him, you know, who knows what they were doing, that they didn't want their dad to know what they were doing. But they're, they're like, we're going to get this dreamer. And the Bible says, behold, this dreamer cometh. Now, therefore, let us slay him and cast him into some pit. We will say some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. You're going to face obstacles when you have dreams. But when they're God dreams, God's going to bring you through it. He's going to perfect you in, those, in, that, in that process. Young people, hear me. You have got to dream, and you have got to dream big. Don't dream small. Just don't say, well, I'll just work this little piddly job the rest of my life, and I'll just do this, and this is all I'm worth. No, no, no. You've got to dream big. You've got to let the Holy Ghost speak to you. You've got to let the Spirit of God take control of your life and take control of your future and take control of everything that you're going to do. You're, when God gives you a dream, it's not a dream that you're going to dread. It's not a dream that you're going to just live life being bored out of your mind and just trying to put one foot in front of the other. But when God gives you a dream and you get a hold of that dream, it's going to drive you for the rest of your life. You're going to never be so excited about the work of God in your life when you've got a hold of the dreams that God has given you. I'm telling you, the dreams that God will give you are going to wake you up in the morning. They're going to give you something to, to think about and dream about and look forward to but it's not going to be just a carrot on the end of a stick in front of you God is going to perform everything that he has promised and every dream that he has given you he's going to make it good Lift your hands and love the Lord right now tonight Hallelujah there are some dreamers in the room that you need to pick your dreams back up again Hallelujah it's not silly it's not silly it's a God dream he wants to do it in your life Hallelujah. I'm hurrying to a close here tonight. Hear me tonight. Joseph goes through all kinds of stuff. They, they, they're, they're gonna, his brothers are going to kill him. They're going to kill him. And finally the oldest brother speaks up and is like, no, let's not kill him. Let's have a little mercy on him and just sell him into slavery. 
Oh, okay, well, let's do that. Yeah, that's better. The Bible says that they sold into a group of, uh, oh, what was it? I wanted to say Midianites. Who was it? Ishmaelites. They sell into a group of Ishmaelites that are headed to Egypt. Said, we'll just get rid of him. We'll take his coat of many colors. We'll tear it up. We'll pour, we'll pour some goat's blood on it. And we'll tell dad that an animal killed him. So they sell him down to Egypt. They tell their dad what, di- what they did. And you know, something just tells me their dad didn't buy it. The Bible says he was inconsolable. They tried to console him. He wouldn't receive it. I think that's because he knew. He knew something was up here. So he's gone. He gets sold to a man named Potiphar. He's just a teenager still. And Potiphar's wife starts making advances on him as he runs. Potiphar was probably more than likely a very, very wealthy man in the land of Egypt. And, 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 and Joseph is over everything in, in Potiphar's life, he, he, over his, all of his estate. He's running his house. He's running the estate, not just the home. He's not sweeping floors. He's running the estate. And Potiphar's wife starts making advances on him, and he pushes her away. This is, this is a young boy that had his mind made up to please God when he could have got away with it. This is a young man that said, you know what, I'm going to do what God wants me to do, even though I've got an opportunity to do something that, that my flesh wants to do, but I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And so he, he pushes her away and pushes her away, and finally she, she, she advances on him so much that he runs away, and, and, and his coat is left in her hands, and she accuses him of raping her and gets him thrown into prison. The Bible says the Lord was with him in prison. This is still a boy with a dream. But something began to happen in prison. The Bible tells about two men that are also thrown into prison. There was a butler and a baker that had served the king. They're thrown into prison and the butler and the baker talk about dreams that they had had. Butler begins to tell his dream. And Joseph overhears them. And he says, the Lord is the one that interprets dreams. This is a young man that still was committed to God, even though things weren't going right. He still had dreams. He interprets the dream for the, for the butler and for the baker, and one is promoted back to his place of service, and one is executed in three days. The butler forgot him. He goes through being rejected by his brethren. He goes through being sold into slavery. He goes from being falsely accused of rape and thrown into prison. And then he was keeper of the prison. Then when he interprets dreams and he tells the butler, hey, when you get back there to the king, don't forget about me. And then the next scripture, you know what it says? And the butler forgot about him. But God hadn't forgot about him. He had had all of these lists of he had been lied on. He had been falsely accused. He had had all of this stuff. But God had given a 17-year-old boy some dreams. It was about when he was 30 years old. About 13 years had passed. That the king has a dream. And the king doesn't know what to do with the dream. 
And then all of a sudden, the butler, who had had his dream interpreted by Joseph, in that dark, nasty, disgusting prison, says, I know a guy who interprets dreams. And in just a matter of time, boom, they bring Joseph out of the prison. They, they, they bathe him. They change his clothes. They shave his face. They bring him before the Pharaoh. And in chapter, what was the other scripture I had for you, Brother Sandover? Was it 43? 42, 1. No, that was wrong. I didn't give you this one. This is where it says in chapter 41, verse number 16. And Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. This is what Joseph learned in the prison is that even though as a 17-year-old, he's running the estate of a man named Potiphar. We're talking about a kid that knew how to run some junk. He was an administrator. As a teenager, he could run the estate. He could take care of everything. He could do it. He was gifted. He was talented. He finally learned in all of this process, hey, Pharaoh, I can't help you. I just know the God that can. He learned something in that period of time between he, he, when he dreamed a dream and then it actually began to take place that God was the one that was going to make it happen. 42 and 1. Now when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said unto his sons, Why do you look one upon another? But he said, Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get you down thither and buy for us from thence that we may live and not die. And Joseph's ten brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. But Benjamin, Joseph's brother Jacob, sent not with his brethren, for he said, lest peradventure mischief befall him. And the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. And Joseph was the governor of the land, and he it was that sold to all the people of the land. This is what had happened. As soon as he, as soon as he interpreted the dream of Pharaoh, Pharaoh understanding and seeing his gifting and knowing who he was and what he was capable of, immediately elevated him from the prison all the way to second in command over all of the land of Egypt. In one day, boom, the story changes. And now he goes from accused rapist to the only person he answers to is Pharaoh. There was a famine in the land. And back home where his dad and his brothers were, they had run out of corn. They'd run out of food. Jacob tells his brother, hey, go down to, go down to Egypt. I hear there's food down there. Not knowing what God has been doing these past 11, 12, 13, 14 years, whatever it was. 
And it says in verse number five, and the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came for the famine was in the land of Canaan. And Joseph was the governor of the land and he it was that sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came and bowed down themselves before him with their faces to the earth. And Joseph saw his brethren and he knew them, but made himself strange unto them. And he said unto them, Whence come ye? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew him not. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed of them that said unto them, Your spies to see the nakedness of the land you are come. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he dreamed of them. His brothers walk in after 13 years of his life being in chaos. But now he's the one with all the power. Because the dreams that God gave him as a 17-year-old really, really, really were true. God took a 17-year-old teenager seriously. And there's some young people in here tonight. I don't care if you're 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I don't care what you are. God takes you seriously. He really, really does. He's not waiting on you to get 35 to speak to you. He wants to speak to you now. He cares about your future. He's not wanting to wait for 20 years to start perfecting his plan in your life. Are there going to be some bumps in the road? Yeah. Sure are. Are you going to feel forgotten sometimes? Yeah. Are you going to get lied on? Probably. Are people going to mischaracterize you? Uh-huh. When you talk about your dreams, are some people going to reject you because of like, who do you think you are? Yeah, probably going to happen. It all happened to Joseph. But all of those people that hated him sold him into slavery, his brothers, there they are, prostrate before him, bowing down before him as the second in command of all of Egypt. They didn't know it at the time, but it flashes in his mind, and without a doubt, the pain that that 17-year-old boy went through. Read the story. There's, there's more there. But God did a healing work in Joseph's life when it was all said and done. And when it was all said and done, they wept together and they cried together. And he looked at his brothers and said, what you meant for evil, God meant it for good. God told me to tell you this tonight. That he takes you seriously. 
and those things that you've been desiring to want to do for God, if they seem too big and they seem too impossible, that's probably one of your indications that it's not just you and that it is, in fact, God. Stand to your feet with me tonight. Every teenager in this room right now, every 12-year-old, 11-year-old, 13, 14, everybody. I've got some things I want to see God do in this city. I'm not going to tell you all the things that I dream about. But I'm going to tell you this. In order for it to get done, it's going to take a miracle. It's nothing I have the capability of doing. But I know that God's going to do it, and I know that it's a dream from God because it's going to take him doing it for it to actually happen. But I believe in every teenager, every, all, all, every young person, the few, you are the future leaders here. You are the church now. But you've got to grab a hold of dreams right now. There's some of you that may feel like you want to go to med, med school, be a doctor. Give it to God. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know. But God's going to use I don't know what your dreams are. But whatever your vocation is, your calling is going to be far above and beyond that. And God will work through your vocation. There are young people in this room that you're going to, when you, when you hit your 20s and your 30s, you may very well be a millionaire in your 20s. It may take to your 30s or your, your 30s or your 40s. But when you say, God, this is my dream, it's not about me and me and my stuff, but it's about you and your kingdom. You may have a dream of doing something that's so far beyond what you think you have the ability of doing. It may include, there may be people in, young people in this room, you're feeling a call to pulpit ministry. God is calling you to preach. You have a dream. I don't see how it's going to happen, God. There, ah, no, there's no way. There's no way. There are times that I, that I just had to tell myself. I just had to try to check out from my dreams and tell myself, oh, it's just, just Aaron, just write it off. There's, there's just no way. How, how is that going to happen? How is that going to happen? How? There's no way. I, I don't know the right people. I, I'm not good enough. I, I don't have all of these. I don't have all the, the, the things at my disposal in order to get from here to there. You've got to leave all that stuff up to God. Say, God, I want your dreams for my life. I don't care. I don't, I don't care what your grades are right now. You've got to dream big. You've got to let the Holy Ghost give you a dream of being used in the kingdom. There are going to be kingdom businessmen and kingdom millionaires and kingdom doctors and, and kingdom pilots. And it, it's not about making X amount of dollars, but it is about dreaming something to do something for God. That God, whatever my vocation is, I want even my job to be used for the furtherance of the gospel. 
I want what I do every day. If I'm, if I'm not full-time in ministry, but I'm working some type of job, whatever that job is that I go for, that I feel compelled to go for, I want it to be unto the furtherance of the gospel. I want it to be under the furtherance of revival and harvest. I want to be used in ministry every day of my life. If, it, if, if, if it's in, in, in politics, if it's in, in, in medicine, if it's in, if it's in uh, uh, airlines, if it, I don't know whatever your dream is. I don't know. But if God gives you the dream, it probably will seem impossible. And there's going to be naysayers. Your peers may have some negative stuff to say, but just, just hang on. Those dreams, those dreams that came from God, watch God take them and bless them and develop them and work on you through the process. I'm telling you, when I look around this room, I see, I see a future. I see a future among you young people that you're going to do things for the kingdom of God. You're going to do things in the professional world that you're going to have the influence and the ears of, of, of uh, the professionals uh, in, this, in, this, in this region and in this area. There, there may be some of you that wind up going seven years uh, to, to med school to being a doctor, being a general practitioner, being a specialist, and you're right here in Springfield and you have the influence of the community. You have the influence. You have connections throughout the medical community right here in Springfield. I don't know what you're, you may wind up doing a job in the Capitol building and having access to the governor and being, having access to the governors. I don't know, I don't know what you're going to do, but you're going to do something great for the kingdom of God. If you get a hold of his dreams and you say, God, I know this is so big. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to live. I'm going to make a decision to live righteously before you. When temptation comes my way, I'm going to make a decision to live righteously for, before you when I'm falsely accused and when people reject me and when people talk about me I'm still going to live for you and I'm going to let those dreams come into fruition would you lift your hands right now all over this room right now young and old alike all over the place and give the Lord your dreams right now somebody lift your voice to him and call out to him in this house tonight hallelujah in the name of Jesus God's going to use you God's going to use you God's going to use you give him your dreams give him your future give him your life and watch him unfold it and do something powerful in your life hallelujah 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 that dream's not too big it's not too big for God it's not too big for God it's not too big for God hallelujah hallelujah I feel like telling the adversary behold there are some dreamers coming they may be 13 right now but there's a dreamer coming they may be 17 right now but there's a dreamer that's coming there's a generation that's coming up in this church that's going to be the greatest generation that this church has ever seen the greatest dreaming generation that this church has seen to this point in time and in all of its history Hallelujah. Grab somebody by the hand, young people. Grab them by the hand right now and pray with somebody. Come on, speak life and faith into, into your friends. Speak faith and, and life into your friends right now. It's going to happen. Give God your dreams. Give God your dreams. 
loves us so much. I'm wrapping this up. I know it's Tuesday night. We're about to get out of here. God is, the Bible says he is a jealous God. You know what that means? That means he loves you so much. His love for you is so great that anything you do and leave him out of, he gets jealous. It's not a control thing. It's a love thing. He literally gets jealous. And when you give God your future, I promise you, I promise you, you will not be disappointed when you give your future to God and say, God, I want your dreams. I remember as a 16-year-old coming over here after I'd gotten my car, come over here and pray at night and laying right here on the floor of my face and weeping and crying and just saying, God, I want your anointing on my life. I want you to anoint my life. That's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. I can't do anything without you. That's what I want. Are there, is, are there ups and downs in the process? Yeah. give your life to God. You give your future to God. You give your dreams and your aspirations and say, God, I'll even let you change my mind. You know what I wanted to do when I was 12? I wanted to fly airplanes. I wanted to fly in the military. That's what I wanted to do. Something about aviation that's still at 38 years old, it gets me juiced up. Military jets, all that stuff. I love it. I've loved it since I was just a kid. And I, I remember as a 12-year-old, as a 11, 12 years old, I wrestled with that. That's what I wanted to do. I just, when I was 12, is when I felt the call of God to preach. And I wrestled with, like, do I want to do that or do I want to do what I want to do? And it was a couple of years 
before I finally just said, okay, God, I'll let that go. I'll let it go. And I'll do what you want me to do. And I don't regret it at all. Matter of fact, I kind of get air sick. So it might not have worked out. I might have chased something. Hear me. I might have chased something that ultimately I would have washed out in. The percentage of guys that make it to the level that I wanted to go to is so, so small. The likelihood of me doing that in my own power and doing it and making it all the way, very, very slight chance. But I'll tell you what, when I give my life to God, and every day I commit my will to him and say, God, you have my life. There's no chance I will miss what God wants to do in my life. Lift up your hands one more time to the Lord tonight and love him. Can you do that? Praise God. Lord, we give you our life tonight. I give you my future. God, I want to have your dreams. I want to have what you want for my future. God, I want my future to glorify you. I want my vocation to glorify you. Lord, I want you to order my steps every day. Lord, I'll let you change my mind. I'll let you give me your dreams rather than my dreams. Lord, I'll let you do in me what you want to do in me and lead me where you want to lead me. God, I want your will. I want your dreams. I want your direction. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't dream small. Don't dream small. Dream big. Dream big. Dream big. It matters now. It really does. Feel the good presence of the Lord here. I'm not trying to hold you. I just feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Let's just love Him tonight. There may be somebody you're wrestling with your future. You're wrestling with your direction, with what you want to do. Um, the Holy Ghost has stopped by to tell you tonight. Let Him direct your path. Let Him decide what your future is. It will be the most fulfilling thing you could ever do. You will not be unfulfilled doing what he wants you to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Well, God bless you tonight. I want us to come back on Saturday night.